Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, If you're new with us, my name is Charlie. It's nice to see you all. Um, Nice that you are physically here, or if you're online, or you're watching, or you're listening, we love you as well. So obviously, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers. Um, I just want to say, the gentlemen that are looking very dapper in their suits, in their jackets. Oh, sorry, man, you don't get a very good good applause. Like a half sloppy fish clap. (laughs) I know it's not about you, but you look great. You look great. I reckon next Mother's Day, I'm just putting it out there. Whoever is listening, probably Libby or Mark, that are probably the ones that would make this happen. Um, I reckon next Mother's Day, Mothers should, like, not be rostered on any department. (gasps) Yes? And it should just be the men. All men worship team, all men host team. And the mums, you just, like, kick back. Lift those legs and relax with an icy glass of water. (laughs) Something appropriate in a church setting. Um, We should do that next Mother's Day. I think that'd be great. Um, so well done, well done for the men to dress up, but I reckon we go, we go one better next year. Um, awesome. I have some funny things. <laughs> I think they're funny. I like obviously am a mum. Well, I don't know if that's obvious. I don't know if some of you know, so it's, I guess it's obvious. Um, so yes, I am a mum to a beautiful two-year-old boy. You'll see him on the screen throughout the service because, you know, because uh, I've got the microphone, that's, I'm going to be able to blab and share about him. But I want to share some funny mum truths. Can I do that? And hopefully the mums, you are with me on this, because I was reading through, I didn't make these up, they were online, and I found them pretty funny. Some of them I was like, that's so true. Um, So let's just see if you know that you're a mum. So you know that you're a mum when silence is no longer golden, silence is suspicious. True, true, yes. This is just recently happening with Bear, he's two, and normally he's like a little whirlwind of love and joy. Um, and then when there's like silence in the house, you're like, what, what, where is he, where is he, what's he doing, what's happening? Normally climbed up, he like would eat fruit every day, all day, for forever. So normally he's like trying to climb up on the bench to get the fruit bowl and he's there like munching on an apple or something. Um, you know you're a mum when 7 a.m. is a sleep in. Oh. Glory to God. That was this morning. It normally bears up between 6 and 6.30. This morning, mothers, 7.15. And I was like, oh, I feel so refreshed and vitalized. Um, All like the young adults was like, 7 a.m. You know you're a mom when being alone in your car is the most exciting part of your day. I don't know. Um, this is real. And also, so the next one, you know you're a mum when you push anything with wheels back and forward. The pram, right? Anyone done that with a trolley and no one's in the trolley? And you're just standing there looking at like, I don't know, I've done that. And also the mum sway. Do you know they have a mum sway? When you have a baby, you normally like a swaying and rocking. Sometimes you do it just naturally and you catch yourself going, oh. Um, you know you're a mum when you have multiple conversations about poop? 
conversations a day about poop. That is true. But has he pooped yet? Did he poop when he woke up? How did it? What's the consistency? Sorry if that's too far, but it's, I don't know. I'm in the toddler, like newborn kind of stage, so I get it. Um, you know you're a mum when you use baby wipes to clean literally everything. Yes. Um, You know you're a mum when you understand on a deeper level why Mama Bear's porridge was too cold. Yes. Anyone made a coffee? They say like a mum's ingredients for making iced coffee is you make it in the morning and then you come back to it like by midday and you're like, it's an iced coffee because it's cold. Anyway, not funny. Um, You know you're a mum when your bag is no longer filled with lip gloss and perfume but wipes and snacks. Every mum has a good snack pack in her bag. Um, You know you're a mum when even though you're asleep, you can still hear everything in the house. This is a real thing, right? Benaya, like, bless his soul, I need to sleep. And Bear is, like, in the next room singing because he wakes up, like, not crying. He wakes up doing, like, these weird noises and vocalising and, like, Um, And Benaya can be fully, like, so dead asleep. And I'm like, how can you not hear that? It's like a magic trick that he can just switch off his ears. Um... And this is funny. You know you're a mom when the closest thing you get to a day spa is when the steam from the dishwasher smacks you in the face. <laughs> that is real. That is real. No, anyway, <laughs> that's all funny, funny. <laughs> um, anyway, so even though all those things <laughs> sound pretty negative, being a mum is great. <laughs> it's the biggest blessing in the world. Um, so <laughs> I don't want it to be like, I don't know or down and sad. Um, No, so this morning, I'm not going to keep you long because I know that all of the children and husbands have a wonderful day of lunch and lovely activities filled for their mums. So I'm not going to keep you very long, but this morning, I just wanted to share, um, it's really weird when you like, I think I've already said this before, but when you do like a Mother's Day or a Father's Day or an Easter, it's like, it's kind of, it's a special day, but also to speak to that sometimes can be quite challenging because even I said to Nat this morning, I was like, I'm not just speaking to mums, right? Like there's, there's obviously like a whole group of different people in the room. So it's interesting trying to like ask the Holy Spirit, like, you know, what to speak about on a day like today. But I just wanted to share because I feel like I've been, I've only been a mum for two years and my goodness me, it has been the most growing um, difficult, but also joy-filled two years, I think, of my whole existence. Um, and do you know what the best thing about being a mum is? Is that I'm learning things about myself and I'm learning things about the kingdom and God every single day. Like there is not a day goes by that I don't go, oh, like and almost sometimes like sometimes a bit of a convicting thing of, oh yeah, right, like you pick yourself up on stuff. So I just wanted to share with you guys the lessons I've learned from my son, because my son is my biggest teacher. There he is. You can't really see him. They were our sunflowers this year. They are like as tall as our house. How good. Ange bought them for my birthday, like the little seeds. Anyway, yeah, anyway, so it's just perspective. That's my little boy. Lessons from my son, Bear. And I'm going to be like super corny mum. I've got four points that are B-E-A-R. <laughs> so, <laughs> So just like, just go with me this morning. So the lessons in the last two years that I've learned from my son, Bear, be, the first one is be happy. Laugh every day, joy is his idea. Look at him. So it says in Romans 14, 17 to 18, 
And I love this verse. So I think that sometimes Christians cannot be known as the most happy people. Sometimes we can be seen as the most judgy or the most critical or the most whatever. But joy is God's idea. And it says it in Romans 14. It says, for the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who is this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. How cool is that second verse? Righteousness, peace and joy. That's what the kingdom of God is made up of. It's not made up of criticism. It's not made up of conspiracy theories. It's not made up of he said, she said, right and wrong. It's not made up of any of those things. It's not made up of even, you know, the good and the bad. It's made up of righteousness, peace and joy. And then it says, he who is in this way, who is embodying righteousness, peace and joy, serves Christ is acceptable not only to God, but approved by men. My beautiful son Bear has taught me to laugh. And like, I mean, he is just the most joyful little boy. Obviously, he's still a toddler, so he still has moments. He's definitely not perfect. But he has this beautiful spirit of just laughter and joy and fun. And I remember in the first like early stages of being a mum, You're so caught up on like, you know, what to do, what not to do, what's right, what's wrong. And I remember just there would be moments where he would just do something and I would just be crying with laughter. And even now when he's a little bit older, like, you know, he he will find something interesting or he'll look at something or he'll, he spent ages laughing at me one day because I had his teddy bear and I was juggling it. And he was just like, this is the best thing in the world. Big belly laughs. He, the other day, sorry, <laughs> all just going to be my stories about Bear. Um, the other day, I filmed him saying something and then at the end of the filming, he like fell over on the ground. I showed him that video and every time the bit where he fell on the ground, he was like big belly, hysterical, wheezy laughing because he was like, I fell over. And I'm like, but you know you fell over, like you did that. It's not a surprise. But every time he was just like, this is the funniest thing. And just watching him enjoy moments and laughter. I think as a mum, my heart is so like, I love that. Like the best sound in the world to me is my son's laugh. Like the best sound in the world is his laughing. And I think that God would be like that with us. I think he would be like, you guys need to laugh a little bit more. You know, and I spoke about it on Easter Sunday, but you need to be a bit more free. You need to enjoy life. If he says that that's what his kingdom is made up of, righteousness, peace, and joy, as a father, as a perfect father, as his kids, he would be like, your laugh is the best sound in the world. When was the last time, and maybe you guys are really good at this, but when was the last time where you had that like big belly, wheezy, teary laugh? And some of you will be like, it was this morning. It was last night. It was whatever. And some of you can be like, oh, I don't know when I've had that before. Like recently, like that laughter that's like, you know, like the like uncontrollable. Normally I used to get it when I was in school when I was a kid. And the moments when you're not supposed to laugh, everything is like 10 times more funny. Um, But as an adult, I feel like we grow out of that. We get serious, we get responsible, we get, you know, caught up in our world, which all of that stuff is fine. But I think that as a parent, 
for God to see us laughing and enjoying life in Jesus' name. And I love that when, you know, with my beautiful son, he's not concerned with the problems of the world. He enjoys life. His funnest thing at the moment is like every night he wants to run out in the backyard and find where the moon is. And he's like, the moon, moon! And he gets like so excited. And I'm like, I feel like I haven't looked up and appreciated the moon in a really long time, but he's teaching me those things. He's teaching me those moments of joy. And I love it. So the first thing that my son has taught me is to be happy and be happy in all seasons, be in, enjoy life. And there's still difficult seasons. There's still seasons that you go through that are tough. But if my father's kingdom is based on joy, my life should be based on joy, even in the ups and downs and the motions. It's like that steadfast joy in him, not a, not a fake joy, not a joy that's but man can give, but that quiet joy that you can find in him. E is everything is in his hands. I am not in control. <laughs> and that's the best place to be. As a mum, okay, as me, as, as Charlotte, Charlie, um, I love a bit of control. I love love a bit of order. Um, I can't go to bed unless my house is clean, the dishwasher is stacked, the bench is wiped, the pillows on the lounge are in the right place. Even like if I know that Benai has been up, like up a little bit later than me, sometimes I go back out and I'm like, <laughs> we'll straight. okay, I'm not OCD, but no. Um, so I love a little bit of order. I'm, I'm all for spontaneity, but in its place. <laughs> No, so my gosh, mums, hear my heart. When I had a newborn, oh, good grief. I remember being like, no way, we'll get home from the hospital and he'll be in his own cot and we'll be like, do the feeding, what is it? Like sleep, eat, wake cycle and it will be perfect. And he's, my goodness me, did I get the shock of my life, which I think like obviously being a parent, I feel like sometimes it's more for, like you grow more for you than like, your child. <laughs> Not that like your child benefits from it, but you know what I mean? Like it's like, whoa, I really struggle in this area. So I remember early on, I was like, they're never going to sleep in my bed. He's going to always be in his cot. And I had all of these ideas. And if you're like me and you still believe that and you haven't had a kid yet, God bless you. Like... <laughs> See how you go with that. Um, but no, no, no. Some, some babies are amazing. Anyway, I remember I got home from the hospital and the first like, oh, isn't it just terrifying? When you're like, <laughs> I remember being like, because I stayed in the hospital for a pretty, like for two nights, I think I was, because I had him late one night, so I stayed for the Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and I remember when they came in, they're like, right, so you're good to go. And I was like, am I? Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. You're feeding fine. Like everything's fine. You're I was like, yeah, okay. Um, so, and I, like, you don't want to be like a super newbie, but I'm also being like, so what do I do when I go home? Like, what am I supposed to, how do I know he's hungry? When do I know? Like, it's just this whole world of like responsibility and craziness. Um, and so the first night I remember putting him in his little cot, poor bear, like little brand new baby, like exposed to the world in his cot. Honestly, can I be so honest, church? <laughs> it was like, I was in and out of his room, being like trying to put him to bed. Obviously, it didn't work because he's been inside my body for nine months and now he's like, I'm in this room by myself in a cot, obviously wrapped and like swaddled. Like, I'm not, I'm not bad mum. I remember it got until 4 a.m. I hadn't slept. He hadn't slept. And I was like, 
what is happening? <laughs> this is not my plan. <laughs> this is not my, like, organized structure. We have a couch um, in his room. I remember I sat with him and held him to sleep that first night. I think Benaiah came in at, like, whatever time and put a doona on me. And I remember being like, oh, my world was just, like, blown. I was like, this is not it. I was so not in control, church. I was like, and the first couple of weeks was like that, right? It's like you cannot control this small human as much as I would want to. He is his own person. And honestly, it was one of the best things for me because I realised where my trust was. Because I think our control can some be sometimes based on personality, but it can also sometimes be based on our level of trust. I don't want to surrender this little section of my world because I feel in control. But it's more that, do I trust that God's got it? Do I trust that he's in control? Do I trust that he's good? And it really revealed to me that, oh, actually, maybe I'm not as trusting as I thought I was when it came to God. And so it says in Proverbs 19.21, it said, "'Many plans are made in a man's heart, "'but the counsel of the Lord will stand.'" So everything I learned with my beautiful son, he has taught me, everything is in his hands. Everything is in God's control. When I don't have control, it's probably the best place to be because it means that he's got control. And do you know what, church? His control is like a billion times better than my control. His ways, his plans are higher than mine. It's actually better to surrender your control to him. And as I'm talking about this, I'm not just talking about motherhood. Like even in your own area of your life, how do you feel when you're out of control? How do you feel when you feel like, actually, I don't have control of this situation. I don't have control of this circumstance. Are you at a place in your walk with God where you can surrender your trust to Him and go, do you know what? I'm not in control, but you are. And so I'm okay because I can make all these plans. I can make all these you know, decisions for my own life. But at the end of the day, says in that verse, the counsel of the Lord will stand. At the end of the day, his ways are higher. His ways are better. And for you to release control is probably the most freeing and beautiful thing that you can do in your walk with him because it says, I trust you, Dad. I trust that you've got me. I trust that even if I don't understand that you'll hold me. In those first couple of weeks as being a mum, I had to surrender a lot of trust. I had to surrender a lot of control. But then out of that, you get to see a whole new way of doing stuff, a whole new way of developing your walk with God, a whole new way of even like engaging with your children. Well, I did anyway. Um, So my son has taught me that I do not have control. (laughs) But that's good. Because do you know what? When you know him and when you know his ways in terms of like the father, I don't even want to be in control anymore. I don't even want to direct my path and direct my world and direct my steps because I know that I'm failed. Like, you know, I'm flawed. I know that I've made mistakes. I know that I'm imperfect. So why not actually surrender to him and go, your ways are higher, your ways are better, your counsel will stand and you have the perfect plan and the perfect path for me all the more. Is that all right? So the first thing my son taught me was to be happy. The second thing he taught me was that everything is in his hands in terms of God's hands. The next thing that my son taught me was the letter A. A day is just a day. His mercies are new every morning. And I remember this, I used to tell, I think Benaiah maybe said it to me, but like 
my gosh, you can just be so like hung up on your day. And again, this is not just like mum stuff. This is like life stuff. Like if something bad happens at work, if a conversation goes bad, if you have confrontation, if you, and people can just get stuck in that and be like, it's the worst city of the world. But you know what? The sun sets, the moon rises, you fall asleep and a new day starts. And a day is just a day. And it says in Lamentations 3, verse 22, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Oh, can we just praise the Lord that they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you know what, though, church? I think that we're actually really bad at this, not just as moms, but as people. I think we hold on to things. We hold on to offences. We hold on to hurts. We hold on to what happened in our day, and we stay in the past. We stay in that day and that moment that happened whenever ago, and we hold on to it. And do you know what? God is moving. He is fluid. He is he's still moving forward, and he's going, my mercies are new every morning. It says his loving kindness never ceases. You stuff up, you make mistakes, you go through something that's hard, that hurts you. Yes, that's life. But to stay in that moment when he's going, it's renewed. It's a new day. Forgive yourself. And I think that we're not good at forgiving ourselves. Sometimes we hold on to hurt and pain because we feel like it justifies something. And he's going, I don't hold on to that. Your father doesn't hold on to that. And I feel like my beautiful son taught me this, to release. You know, sometimes you have really bad days where like as a mom, I'm like, I remember I used to count my hours of sleep and be like, okay, I have, I'm functioning on two hours. And at two hours, you know, you are not your best self, can I tell you. You are forgetful, you are tired, you're emotional. I think I cried like for the first four weeks of having Bear just because I was so tired. I was just like, (laughs) every day I'm like, but you know what? I'm not doing that now. Like, and if I held on to that four weeks, and if I was like, oh, Bear, I was such a bad mum during the first four weeks. I was so emotional. I was so tired. And now I have a two-year-old who needs me to be present, needs to be, need me to be loving him, needs me to be attentive. But if I was going, oh, no, but back then, Bear, back then I was so bad. And he's like, he doesn't care. He's moved on. He's two. He's like, you know, wanting to... I don't know, go to the park every day of his life. And as a mom, that would affect me if I held on to that, yeah? If I didn't release it to God and go, do you know what? That day was not a good day. I release it to you, ask for forgiveness, but praise the Lord that your mercies are new every morning. We gotta get better at doing this church for ourselves, but we gotta get better at doing this for others because so often we hold on to things and we hold on and we mill over them and we stew and we, and then they said that. And then do you know what? Sometimes like, I feel like as time goes by, you remember things wrong anyway in your mind. If you keep being like, meh, like, And then it's like the actual reality of it wasn't that bad. But because you've held on to it and you've been like this person and they said that and and then it's like, it's all good. Like there has to be a moment of you going, let's just release it. It frees you up and it allows you to live in his reality because your God reality, your kingdom reality is that his love and kindness never ceases. His compassion never fails. 
and his mercy is new every morning. That doesn't say he holds you accountable and will like, you know, bring back to mind all of your horrible things that you've ever done and repeat it to you every day of your life because you're a bad, horrible, awful person. It doesn't say that. Our God is a forgiving God. Our God is a releasing God. Our God is a freeing God. So we have to get better at doing this. Some of you in this room need to let go. Some of you in this room need to forgive. Some of you in this room need to forgive yourself and wake up tomorrow or even right now and thank Him that His mercies are new every morning and you can partake and eat of that. I am so thankful that I'm not the same mum that I was when I was Bear was just a newborn, but I'm thankful that He doesn't see me as that same mum either in Jesus' name. And it says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us and our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A day is just, just a day, church. A day is just a day. It's not your forever. It doesn't determine your eternity. Unless you become a Christian in that day, then it kind of does determine your eternity. But release. And the last one, which is probably the most, the biggest lesson that I've learned, and this is not in offense to my wonderful husband, who, by the way, made me breakfast in bed this morning. He did. He did. Good. And then Bear came and ate his breakfast in bed with me this morning. She's like crumb central, like. <laughs> but bless, <laughs> super cute. Super cute. I was like, yay, breakfast in bed. And then Bear comes in, breakfast, breakfast. And I was like, oh, not you too. No, joking, joking. <laughs> anyway, is there toast and crumbs are going everywhere, spitting out his mandarin skins. I was like, this is motherhood. Um, anyway. But this is, I love, I love all of them, but this is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from my beautiful son. R is for real love, can I say. And I'm probably going to get teary just because it's the most like, I have never, it's just, it's really hard. I think it, it's beautiful, I think, when you become a parent because if you have had, and some of you haven't, and, and like even what Ange said, you know, even this day for some people can be really challenging because either they might have lost their mum or they might not have had a best example of what a mum is. Um, so I want to be mindful of that. Like I don't just want to, um, you know, brush over it. But for me, I had such a, my beautiful mum's down on the front row. I had such a beautiful example of what a good mum is, what a mum's love looks like. And I still do. And I remember her saying to me, like, you know, her, her phrase that she'd always say is, you never know how much I love you. You'll never know how much I love you. Oh, it gets me teary now. And I remember as a kid being like, yeah, mom, you love me. Like every kid's like, yeah, cool, thanks, mom. Um, and some kids like, gross, mom, get away. Um, but I actually feel like I never knew how much my mom loved me until I had my son. And now I'm like, I say it to him all the time, you will never know how much I love you. Oh. Because it just, your heart just explodes. Oh. And every time, like he's just in the most beautiful age where he comes up and he cuddles us and he kisses us. He's super affectionate. He's such a little Italian baby. Um, 
And I love it. And every time, he, every time I hold him, it's like my heart could just explode 500 times. Like I'm just like, oh, the love I feel for you in this moment is so indescribable. And I felt like he taught me what real love is. And not because I don't love my husband. <laughs> I love my husband. He's great. Um, but it's different when it comes to a kid because I think the reflection of when the father sent his son to die for us as a like as a a non-parent, I, I, and that's not to put anyone down, that's not a parent, but I think I would go, oh, that's so amazing, that's so wonderful. Now I look at my son and I'm like, I would never give you up for anybody. <laughs> like, if you want to know what God's love is like, <laughs> come and talk to me because I would never give up my son for you. Like, that's like the level of like, I would, he, I would fight, I would become that weird, crazy, psycho mom that would be like, anyone comes near my son, I'd just go wild. Um, but for him, I would never sacrifice him for anything. To see him thrive and flourish and grow up as a young man is going to be my greatest joy. And I look at him and I think, the love I feel for you is so wild and so big. And yet, the Bible says that God sent his son to die for us. And that's not because he's a bad father, but it's because the love that he had for us was so great and so vast that he would sacrifice his son. Oh, just makes me emotional because I think far out, you know, we, we live in a world that is searching for love, is searching for that acceptance, is searching for that value. And to understand the Father's love. And so many people think, oh, God's mean, he's nasty, he's, you know, the church will cave in if I go to it because I'm such a bad sinner. The love that he has for you, for me, for our whole city, for our whole world is so great and so vast that we could never understand or comprehend that he would give up and sacrifice his all just to have a moment with you, just to have that intimacy with you, just to have that relationship with you. And I look at my beautiful boy and I think there is nothing in all the world that I wouldn't give for you, but I wouldn't give you to anyone else. Does that make sense? Like I wouldn't sacrifice you for anything. It's so undeserved and so unexplained. And I want to read this verse in Romans 8.35. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation because it's so beautifully articulated. So it says, who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecution, deprivations, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all important to hinder, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love, even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over all of them. For God has made us more than conquerors and he's demonstrated his glorious, sorry, demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. 
So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels or dark rulers in heaven. There is nothing in our present or future circumstance that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Oh my goodness, church. His love for you is so wild and so undeserved and so crazy and so generous. And there is nothing in all of creation that can ever separate you. And that's why some people, it gets me, it gets me frustrated when people think, oh, I'm too bad or I've done this or I've, 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 I've you know, been, or whatever, whatever your reasoning is. God could never love someone like me. He doesn't know what I've done. He doesn't know what I've seen. He doesn't know where I've been through. Or sometimes it's even people within the church. You still struggle to understand that you are loved because you have this slave mentality of you have to somehow earn his love. And that verse is so beautiful when it says there's nothing, no life struggle, no disease, no dark, no nothing. There is nothing in all of the world that can separate you from God's love. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been. He loves you and he loves you as you. He loves you right now. You actually don't have to do anything or be anyone or say anything. Just you in you is enough. And I look at my son and I'm like, you have taught me what real love is. You have taught me what the real love of the Father is. Because I look at him and even what Anne said this morning, you know, especially when they're babies, they don't give you anything back. <laughs> they're blobs. They like just take, take, take. And so they should because they're babies. But it's like, there is nothing that could make me love my son less. He could be anyone, do anything. And at the same time, as a good parent, I go, you're my son and I love you. And I'm a good parent, but I'm not a perfect parent. When we look at the at God, who is the perfect father, the perfect lover, the perfect one who can just come and absolutely wrap you up in all of his goodness and kindness and faithfulness. He says, you are enough. He says, I love you as you. And that is something that my beautiful son has taught me. And I'm still learning because I feel like there's still so much depth to that. But what real love is, what will sacrifice is, what love, how the Father loves me is perfect. How I love my son is imperfect, but how he loves me is so, so perfect. So he's taught me to be happy. He's taught me that everything is in God's hands. He's taught me that a day is just a day, and he's taught me what real love is. And obviously, I'm only two years in, so we have veterans in this room. So I know I still have so much to learn. But my gosh, being a mother is the hardest thing and the best thing <laughs> that I think I've ever experienced in my life. And to honour my father, my heavenly father in it is my greatest joy because I think that being a mum just makes you realise, being a parent or, or any, you know, loving, it just, it messes you up, but it also gives you a fresh revelation of him, of kingdom. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'll welcome the band up and we're going to finish um, in a second. I hope that was okay. I hope that, hope that blessed you.
So what I'm going to do is um, I just want you to reflect, have a moment. Where just, you're just going to close your eyes if you want. Um, if you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes. Um, I just got to want you to reflect on those things for you. Um, so those four things, joy, happiness, trusting him that he's in control, releasing stuff in your day, releasing things that might have passed things, and also his love. I want you to reflect on those four things, but for you. Because um, like I said, I know that everyone is in a different season, not all of your mums, not all of your parents, um, and some of you won't be, and that's, that's totally fine too. Um, but you're all in different seasons, and I want that to be relevant to where you're at. So just as the, as the band just kind of plays something, um, just close your eyes. And we're just, just going to take a moment just to reflect and be selfish in this moment. We don't often hear that. Um, but be selfish for you in your reflection. How's your joy? How's your laughter? How's your control and your trust? Are you holding on to things from your past that you shouldn't be? Do you need to embrace his new mercies this morning? And do you need a fresh revelation of his love? What his father-like love is for you? Some of you might be all those things. Some of you might be like, yep, there's one thing that really hits. So Holy Spirit, as we just take a moment just to reflect and acknowledge what you've spoken into our hearts this morning, I ask that we would be open to hear your truth and your love, that we'd be open to hear your prompting, and we'd be open to make um, changes where we need to. Father, I thank you that no matter what anyone's experiences are like in this room when it comes to family, um, mothers, fathers, that you are the perfect father. That even through our filters of what people might have represented, that you are better than we could ever hope, dream or imagine. That your love is perfect. It's not tainted. It's not wanting to gain something from us. That your kindness is everlasting. It's not conditional. It's not based on how we perform or, or what we say or what we look like. That your kingdom is one of joy, freedom, forgiveness. Holy Spirit, we just take a moment to leave room for you just for a couple of minutes to speak.
Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that you are a good Father. And I thank you that today, even as we celebrate Mother's Day, God, that it is such a beautiful time to reflect on on your love and your kindness and your goodness. And I pray for every single person that's listening to this message, that their hearts would be full of the reality of your love for them, your kindness towards them, your goodness towards them. Father, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you're not distant or far off or or cranky at us, but that you just want to enjoy life with us. You want to hear us laugh. You want to you want to take us on an adventure. You want to show us the the beauties of your kingdom. And Father, I pray that more than anything, God, that we would just know you, that we would love you, and that we would be such an example of that to the people around us, that we would be your light of your, your kindness and your love and your joy, God. Not of criticism and, and negativity, God, but that we would so accurately reflect who you are. We thank you for that, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.